So make sure to listen in and support our brothers and sisters until they're home again. Victoria's Roadside Drive. Slavery is back. Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the Indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, where, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. And welcome to the Doing Time Show. I'm Peter. Um, we have a uh, two interviews today. Um, with Vicky Roach talking about an Aboriginal writer and an activist talking about um, Aboriginal deaths in custody. Follow that on after we will interview Ali, a, a refugee detainee who was transferred from Maita to detention centre to Adelaide. We will hear his experience around detention and Vicky's on the line now. Hello? Oh, Al- Ali. Ali's on Hi. the line. <laughs> Hi, Peter. How are you? Good? Hi. How are you, Ali? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, Thank you. So you're, you were, last time you spoke on doing time show, you, yeah. um, you're in uh, Mitre, weren't you? Yeah, I was in Melbourne Detention Centre because of the bad treatment and that uh, finally they decided to move me, which is mm. uh, to Adelaide. It's a little bit of quiet, quiet uh, detention centre. It's just a family detention centre, which is the families who come from Nauru and Manas Island. Yeah. So it's a really quiet centre. It's not, not much trouble, small centre. Which yeah. is uh, give me really time out to just relax a little bit from my detention center. Oh, right, yeah, that, that, could, yeah. that place is can be. Yeah, it's just in the hill. I feel sorry for anyone who goes to my detention center. Yeah, um, you were saying that um, when I spoke to you once that there's a blind person in there. Uh, blind person. The blind person. He's now in the. In uh, what they call it, uh, in Villawood Detention Centre. Oh, they moved. Uh, yeah, he's in Villawood Detention Centre now. Uh, he can't see at all. And then no. there's another person in uh, Villawood Detention Centre who doesn't speak. He committed suicide in the Coastal Island in 2014. And he, in the procedure when he hanged himself, he lost his voice, so he started not talking. Oh. So now only he write down on the papers as well. He's still there as well in the, inside Villawood Detention Centre, detainee Taha. He's a good, actually, friend of mine. Yeah. He's been in detention about six and a half years. Yep. Yeah, so, so a lot of people suffering, a lot of people with mental health issues, a lot of people with families and kids in Melbourne detention centre should not actually be there. Like, they should get released or mm. get at least community house or something. Yeah. Like, they give sometimes community detention, which is they release into a house and they just look after them there. It's much better. It's just, like, to be, like, enjoying their freedom a little bit or just yeah. to be used to the kind of freedom and the rules of Australia instead of detention centre. Much better, but my friend, um, she's from like she's Persian from Iran. She said that um, you have to be home at eight or nine o'clock, so it's a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's same rules of same rules. Thailand and uh, Nauru. They lift them out from the detention centre. Mm. Uh, they tell them they have to be back to the detention centre by 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. And then 
it'll be much good like to meet people to see people and instead of that like visit applications is really hard they have to yeah. have 100 id points like you have to have a driver license and, and a passport to actually come visit someone oh, yeah. so someone someone with not 100 points go he can't come visit at all like some people got no license or something they can't come visit oh really yeah. yeah, so it's really hard with the visit applications. You have Villawood Detention Center. It's the mixed uh, Villawood side. They're low security, mixed girls and boys. Mm. And you have a black flint, which is a high risk. They call it high risk, which is only boys. And you got uh, in Melbourne and Mitre Detention Center, you got the South, which is girls and boys. Yeah. And you got the BIP. The family section, where Angela held, uh, held down now the old lady, the Canadian old lady, with a dementia really? problem. That's terrible. Yeah, she's uh, held in uh, Mitre. Plus, you've got the Pakistani Tamil family with the two kids. Yeah, the yeah. The four-year-old and the two-year-old kids in there as well. So a lot of families, it should not be there because this kind of kids like the innocent people like what's that to do with anything what they have done mm. to anyone to be locking them up inside walls and inside detention center they're just a poor family you've got nothing to do with anything it's just a visa it should it should get a process quicker than than that That's it's just it. yeah it's too too much for them like to us we can survive a little bit more stronger than the kids or the families and that. Mm. But to them, it's more harder. Like, they're doing double punishment because they they seeing their kids suffering, they're crying, they want to go out, they want to buy what they wanted, they want to eat what they wanted, they can't do anything like that. It's yeah. just not fair on them. No. And um, I thought the government stopped children in detention. Nah, it's, uh, it's stopped. Not true. stopped. <laughs> They stopped, they stopped children in all the state. Only Melbourne Detention Centre is still children in there. I believe there is still six children held in, held in the detention centre inside Melbourne Detention Centre. I speak with the families all the time in there. and Yeah, it's been uh, held there. There is a, like uh, a BIP section where it's like houses, yeah. Uh, that's where they get hold in there. And yeah, it's, it's just like the kids, they should actually be released. And me, I moved to Adelaide, like uh, I've been moved around so much inside detention centers, section to section, inside other state, like they just moved me from detention to detention center. Did I? Uh, so yeah, they, they like to shift people around uh, mm. a lot. Uh, they sometimes they like to see you like they like to break you mind mind games with you yeah but hopefully now they just giving me a little bit of slack cutting me some slack like just giving me a break a little bit so uh, thank God for it so I'm just laying low just quiet and enjoying a little bit of the freedom what they're giving me now which is very good. Yeah, I get to cook, like, food for myself for first time in a long time. That's great. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it, yeah something looking forward for it, which is very good. And people have their different um, belief systems and religion, and they can, like, you know, um, have Ramadan by, and don't have to worry about the, you know, the um, what the guards want you to do. Sort of yeah, yeah, of course. You get a lot of religions, a lot of type of uh, traditional food. People want to cook like yeah, like Pakistani people, Indian people like spicy food with curries and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. New Zealand people like roast stuff, roast pork and uh, like, like chops and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you get yeah. the yeah the Middle Eastern guys like the boys and the girls and there they like like biryanis and chicken biryanis and yep. spices Middle Eastern spices so it's a lot of uh, 
traditions, stuff, and religions, mm. you see different all, all the time. Everyone, different religions, different countries. So, yeah, you, you'll have a lot of experience when you live with this kind of people because you'll just learn more and more and more from them. Yeah, that's true. So you're, you are um, in the process of a court case. We can't talk about it much. But, um... uh, the process of me, uh, about my visa, uh, I win the case, but now we oh. go back to the Australian Tribunal in Melbourne, which is in 10 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going there. I'm asking the judge, like, why I should stay in detention centre when... My family in Perth and my mom sick and that. She came to see me last week when I was in Melbourne and she fly back to Perth. Yeah. It's just a heartbreak yeah. like to come there and she see me and crying about me and want to be with me and that. So it'll be good if I rejoin with my family. And I'm still going to be supporters to refugees and helping all the refugees inside detention centers and asylum seekers. Yeah. Uh, it's just... This has become like part of my nature. I just like to help people is because oh, yeah. I, I feel them as I feel myself because I'm detaining with them. So I feel exactly the pain they feel about them away from their family, them worried about visa, them worried about getting deported to a dangerous country and that. So I will be still supporting the refugees, which is I already spoke to Chris Breen, in yep. Refugee Active Collective and Pandela oh, yeah. Care and Helen Fox and all that kind of people who help refugees. And I'm going to try to be active when I go outside and working with them, line aside, like line with them inside, and try to help this kind of people to get them better life and try to get them justice. Yeah, that's right. Which is very good. So why have you, why are you, why did you get um, transferred? I got a transfer because of the issue about my last recent incident assault of my hand and the court case, which is, you know about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yep. It's been already going on the court and that. So they had to no choice because we went to court and the judge wasn't happy. He said, why has this person... And they did go even on the newspaper and said, why this person is still in the detention center when he's uh, like, it's like kind of bridge to be in that kind of detention centers and you got problems with the same officers who work with you and you see them every day. And it's just not really good to be in the same center where you got enemies where work in the system and controlling you and try to put you in trouble all the time. And yeah. So the judge put the pressure on them, the news put the pressure oh, on right. them. I asked, to, I asked to be moved on as well, just oh, to good. stay away from the trouble, uh, as I don't want to trouble from any anything. So they they moved me. I was expecting to move to Sydney, actually, because I knew I knew even Chris when I talked to uh, the Refugee Active Collective, he said to me, I don't think they will send you over to Perth because of your family situation and that. So I knew they're not going to send me to Perth, but I was expecting they're going to send me to Sydney, but they end up sending me to Adelaide, mm. which is a good place. I don't mind it. Uh, it's, it's better than Perth or Sydney anyway. So yeah. I came on this kind of point, just a little bit lucky to came come here and uh, yeah, just enjoy a little bit of freedom for a little while. I've been like nearly three years something now and inside and it's just too much for me to be getting moved over and over and over all the time. Yeah, so you put a, um this is not like breaching the court stuff because yeah, you put a AVO on somebody at the detention centre in Melbourne, didn't you? Yes, yeah, and I, 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 I win the court case about it. You won, yeah. It, yeah, it's and just because... Uh, they were harassing I, I, you. I, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to get bullied. I didn't want to get, like, mm. in a kind of 
different situations. So all I all I done is like just I try to be safe. Uh, I try to be not getting bullied or harassed by any any anyone. So the judge in the Sanda, which is she was really good judge. Uh, she used to be actually her background history. The judge was. Uh, a lawyer with refugees in Syria with the United Nations. All right. So, so she was a really good judge, actually, very, very good and understanding. Yeah. Uh, she advised like uh, the other parties. She advised like said, "This is a refugee locked in detention center. Like, if I prove a detention order against him, he's already locked up in there. And you want to put more rules on him? It can't be. So I'm accepting his." Mm. And I'm not accepting use one to put against him because he's already locked up in a cage and you want to put more even orders on him, restricted yeah. movement on him. It, it, it doesn't make sense. So she said, I tell you what, ABF and Circo can move him somewhere else, which is, it'll be a very good situation. So you need to move him. Mm. And then she ordered to, uh, to be number one in charge of Circo to come to her court. Yeah. So when she ordered that order to actually to bring number one in charge of Melvin mm. to come to court and talk to her and explain to her why this is happening inside the center, yeah. uh, they decided to move me. So they didn't want to take it again to court and talk to the judge why this is happening. Yeah. So they just decided to move me, which is... Very good. I, I just don't want to issue it. I never have any violent incidents or issues with them. Yep. I don't have a drugs history with them as well. So I'm mm. just a, a person who's waiting to be reunited with his family. I got no issues with them or yeah. with anyone. But if I see something injustice get done against detainees or refugees or something, I record them straight away and then I'll. I'll I'll put it on the social media so everyone will see what kind of situation yeah. we're in and what kind of people we're dealing with. Go on your arm, Ali. That's really good. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're very passionate, man. Yeah. I hope Marisa, Marisa she's okay. I heard she's <laughs> got a little bit cold or something. See? Yeah, she's all right. I hope, I hope she's okay and God be with her. I, I'm supposed to be meeting her and meet you soon when I was in Melbourne and then now I came to other life so I can't see you anymore even meet you in person. <laughs> uh, you Maybe really can visit nice people helping detainees all the time and refugees, which is very, very good of this radio channel actually yeah. to bring up the truth to public and show the public how things happening inside the Australian soil. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Have you got anything else to add? Or to uh, well, I just want to add, like, I just want all I wanted from, like, people or government or that, just to look on my sick mother and, and give people a chance and let me out to my family. And I'm I'm really good person. Like, I don't I'm not risk to society. I'm not risk of harming any any person outside. I'm I'm, I'm really good person. Like, all I need is justice. To be served to to me or to other people like who deserve to be out. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. I just want to be back to my work, making family, making everything. Like just come back to my normal routine when I used to be living outside in Australia. Yep. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to that guy that we spoke to? He we were, we did an interview at um, Mysa and he. Wanted to talk? Farzad, Farzad, yeah. Farzad, yeah. he's been in detention since a long time. He's a, he's a stateless. Oh, so yep. he don't have a country to go to. He, this, this people, they call them uh, uh, Ahwazi. Ahwazi people, Saddam Hussein, oh, yeah. back in the days, he kicked them out of Iraq and stripped their citizenship. Yep. So they end up getting kicked out to Iran. Iran didn't accept them. So they end up between the border of Iraq and border of Iran, little town called Ahwaz. Mm. They live in there. So these people, actually people and families, but with no any paperwork, no state, stateless. Iran doesn't want them, and Iraq kicked them out, Saddam Hussein kicked them out. So they 
technically between the two borders, leaving a town with no citizen. Oh, right. So most of them, most of them, uh, they went out to other countries and they stateless. They have no age, they have no name, they have nothing. Uh, they just keep them in detention centers. Uh, yeah. They put them under uh, security identity issues. Always they use that word with them, <laughs> security identity issues. But these people actually, they, they're not dangerous. All they want is just to be peace and living their yeah, life. That's right. Uh, first that he's actually from Adelaide, but uh, he was very upset. He said, you sent Ali to Adelaide and you didn't send me there to see my my wife and my son in Adelaide. Oh, uh, he didn't, he, he wasn't happy, but everyone is individual cases. That's what they tell him. Uh, individual cases, everyone in different kind of cases we deal with. Uh, yeah, he's actually still in Mitre Detention Center now. Uh, uh, yeah, just trying to... But he don't have any court cases or anything. All he's waiting is the minister. If he signs his visa, he, he'll be out of it. If he doesn't sign his visa out, mm. he'll be staying in Mitre Detention Center. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's the situation he's stuck in now. He's been in the Christmas Island. He's been in Yonge Hill. He's been in Willowood. It's just shifted from detention center to another detention center, with with same situation as me. No yeah. incident at all. Sorry. No drugs. No medication. No anything. Never, never had anything to do with circle incidents at all. So he's just a quiet person. Yeah, right. Uh, it's like the same story of the uh, Indian taxi driver in uh, Perth. He mm. was. Uh, they're driving in the in the city in Perth and go a customer on the computer address. Supposed to be going to pick him up, so he went to pick him up. The guy told him, "I give you extra fifty bucks just to help me carry my bags from inside the house to your car." Yep. So he went with him inside the house to actually pick up the bags and go to the car. Police came, arrested him. They said, this house has been broken into. He said, I'm a, I'm a taxi driver and the customer is inside. So they went inside the house. The, the guy who was in the house, he ran away from the back door and jumped the fence and ran away. So oh, they, arrested no. the, they arrested the Indian taxi driver, took him to a prison. After six weeks, they end up having all the taxi record computer as a re- recorded phone call, so they knew he's an innocent person. He went out, he got released. The judge released him innocent, not guilty of the charge of yeah. breaking to the house. He came up, circle grabbed him with border force, put him in detention center, and now he's been 18 months waiting his visa to come back to him to go back to Perth City with his family and his work. 18 months being in detention center. Mm. All he done is try to get extra 50 bucks for his family. All he done. Yeah, that's it. So a lot of situation you get, stories always. I hear stories there and there and there and there. Like a lot of stories and it's just not fair on anyone. No. Yeah, um, that's that's all. Yeah, it's just need to be a little bit justice and uh, communication between border force and immigration and detainees actually because some people don't deserve to be here. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks very much, Ali. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Much, much appreciate it. Yeah, we, we always appreciate like, listening to your um, thank you. situation thank you and stuff. Much. Yeah. Um, have a good um, rest. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And I appreciate it uh, from you and Marisa for the support and the help. Not a problem. And anything you wanted or that, you can text me or call me anytime. Oh, thanks. Um, Thank what, you. What's your um, website? Like the my Facebook? my website page on Facebook is the five four one Circle on ERT uh, Facebook page. I had a page before and it got shut down. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, racism is being reported by Circle uh, and the racism. They said is and the racism. Uh, reasons, so it got shut down, and then I created uh, another group, 
page on Facebook on the same name, 541, which is our section, the 501, and the character uh, test uh, cancelling visa. Mm. And, uh, so, yeah, 541 Circo and ERT page. 541 Circo e- and, and ERT page. ERT yeah. stands for Emergency Rescue Team. Okay. That's great. Um, hopefully people yeah. can um, get on to the social media. Yeah, and they can see the videos on any information they need or for news and, uh, uh, about detention centers and anything they want. And they can take the admins off the page and they can talk to anyone of them. Yeah, yep, yeah, great. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, um, Ali, again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care, mate. Thank Bye. you. Take care. Bye. See you. Bye. And that was Ali. He um, was in Mitre Detention Centre. Now he's in Adelaide. Um, the detention centre in Adelaide. We'll just go to a announcement. We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio T-shirts, and so do we. They're 100% cotton and Australian-made, and you can get one for just thirty dollars. They come in black dark grey and a cool light grey. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 94198377 or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. I um, Speaking of that... Um we um, radio fund. We've got we um have got um raised seven hundred and thirty dollars, and we need to make a hundred and fifty dollars more. So, um, if people can donate on to, it's not not too late to donate. I'll put up an a, a um announcement soon about that, and just call nine four one. I mean. Just come into the studio um, into Free CR, 21 Smith Street, um, Fitzroy, or call us on 94198377 and please donate to us because our show still needs $150. It's not too late to donate. It's not too late to donate. It's not too late to donate to 3CR Radiothon 94198377 or check our website 3cr.org.au Hello, Vicky. Hello. Hi, it's Peter. Um, You're on air. Oh, hi, Peter. How are you? Good. Um, now, um, could you tell us about your background and where you're from and stuff? Welcome to the show as well. I'm sorry, say that again? Oh, welcome to the show. Um, could you tell us about your background and where you're from and um, what country well, you're I'm from? Well, I'm a UN woman yep. from South Coast, New South Wales. Um, I suppose my background is... <laughs> in and out of prison, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and yeah, being an activist and an advocate for for women in prison and women affected by the criminal justice system. Yeah, um, we'll just start off with um talking about the Royal Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody. Um, how how do you think the commission has failed and for Aboriginal people. Oh, in every way possible. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they haven't. And as, as far as the Royal Commission goes, um, like, how many recommendations have been implemented? Less than twenty, I think. Yeah. And, um, and the ones that they have implemented, they haven't implemented in a way that benefits. Implemented them in a way that benefits us or contributes to our well-being. In fact, they twist them so that they can cause, they can still cause harm using the recommendations. Like, um, 
the suicide cells, for example, that were that were supposed to um, prevent uh, Aboriginal people committing suicide or anybody committing suicide in jail. Um, those have turned into be the most suicide-inducing places in the whole jail. Like, if you don't want to commit suicide before you get put in one of those cells, um, you certainly do while you're in there. Mm, that's a good point, yeah. And, well, for my money, if I'd already been in one, I'd commit suicide rather than go back. Mm. So, um, what are the recent inquests into deaths in custody of David Dungai and others' deaths in custody? Just speaking generally. I'm finding it very hard to hear you, Peter. Oh, sorry. What are the um, the recent deaths in custody, inquests into deaths in custody of David Dungai? Well, this this has happened in a few instances now where, the, where that drug, um, medazolam, I think it's called, um, has been implicated in in those deaths. Um, and the and the holds that they use, the restrainer holds that they use. Um, what's happened since the Royal Commission is is they've come up with new and more inventive ways to to kill us in custody. Mm. And how, how and other deaths in custody? Generally speaking, do you? Um, Think, what do you think of the inquests lately? What do I think? Yeah, like the other inquests. Um, what's your view on them? Well, nothing ever comes out of them, do they? No. You know, they, they make, make findings. They, they give no closure to the families or... Maybe, I don't know. I don't think they'd give me closure. Hmm. And and nothing nothing ever changes as a as a result. Yeah. You know, like we we have we still have women dying in similar situations to Miss Do. Hmm. Yep. And the WA government is still reluctant to move on on changing those laws that lock people up for for not paying fines. Yeah, that's yeah. laws laws which predominantly affect Aboriginal people. Yeah. So you know, um, of course, prison's not the wouldn't be the last resort. Well, it's no, it's not, and it should be. And um, magistrates decide who's deserving of that too. Um, look, how many Aboriginal people are first-time offenders, um, unless they're very, very young? Yeah. Um, and once once you pass that first-time offender thing, you you get no. Um, leniency or any sort of consideration from the court. You're an habitual offender. Yep. Being being Aboriginal is... Um, if, when I went to court, the, the judge in my case said it had no bearing on, <laughs> on me or my offending. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was a bit, bit rough. Um, there have been decisions um, made regarding that sort of thought. Like the Eames decision, for example, that um, a person's Aboriginality and the history of colonisation and stolen generations, etc., should be taken into account in in sentencing. Yeah. But, um, my particular judge didn't think I was eligible for that. All right. So. Yeah. So I know, I know I'm aware that you're abolitionist. Um, what's the model would you um, think of in abolition? What model would I have? Yeah, what model would would 
abolition. I, I, I suppose people think abolition is like straight away, you know, stop prisons and stuff. But it's not like that. It's it's more gradually, 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 and then the big goal is to get rid of prisons. That's my my view on it. Anyhow. Well, the yeah, the the end goal is to to get rid of prisons, um, and there's there's really actually no need for them to exist mm. um, unless we want to punish people or make money from them, yeah. and and of course that's exactly what we want to do. Um, as far as abolition goes, you could tear down just about every single prison in this country tomorrow. Yeah, bulldoze a lot of them. And you'd you'd need less than a hundred bed prison, or you wouldn't have a prison. It'd be a, a treatment centre for for people whose society really does need to be protected from. Yeah. Look, how many how many thousand people are locked up at the moment? It's over twenty thousand now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and and like. A handful of those actually need to be. Yep. Or that, you know, actually need to, uh, society needs to be protected from. Yeah, most, um, um, I could keep going, sorry. I was going to say most uh, people who are incarcerated are minor offences, aren't they, or, you know, robbing a car or robbery or something like that. Yeah, property offences, drug offences. Yeah, drugs. um, And especially women. Mm. Um... <laughs> Even if you're in jail for killing somebody, it's probably your husband that you killed, and he was probably a violent, abusive man. Yeah, and you just <laughs> you just got a lucky, lucky shot off one day. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like so- those, those women don't need to be in jail. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not likely to reoffend. You know, their problem's already gone. <laughs> Yeah, that happened to one of my um, brother's friends. He he um, walked into a domestic violence situation, so he, he bashed up the, you know, the the offender, but he bashed him up too much and you know killed him, and then he got scared and dumped oh, the body no. and stuff, and he spent all his time in prison. But he was just it was more anger management thing than um, anything really. Yeah. 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 Mm. And um, well, look, every 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 time an Aboriginal person interacts with the Blue Gang, you're you're at risk of dying. Yeah. Look, recently, um, that lovely woman on the on the way home had a few drinks. She was asleep on the train. Oh they yeah, woke her up it's terrible. Her and she died. Like in custody, yeah. You know, each each new, and they're, they're just coming thick and fast. And the Royal Commission didn't even slow anything down. Uh, if anything, if anything, they're, they're killing more of us now than they ever have. Mm. And still no one has been convicted for killing us. No. No police. Slap on the wrist, basically. Like, like with Lex Watton and stuff. The you know oh likely um Lex Watton's um the cop that um you know Lex Watton stuff yeah yeah they got a slap on the wick, wrist basically the, yeah well that's all the they get did. if they get anything mm. and moved moved to another station another district yeah so we can't have any faith in the in the judicial judicial system we can't have any faith in the justice system at all. Um, yep. And it's it's really unsafe for Aboriginal people out there. Yep. Look, it's open season on us. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Yeah, I was what I did a um, interview with Brian Morley. I'm not too sure if you heard of him. He's a stolen generation guy. Um, who's a muso. And I was talking about um, how I watched this doco. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> But it was about stolen generation and how the um, Aboriginal culture, you know, the family is different compared to the family unit in 
Anglo culture and how um, you know children get go to see their grandmother and go and see their auntie and go around a bit. <laughs> and they, you know, that's what, and the, the then so the human services come in and take them away because of that sort of stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, that leads to trauma and then, you know, trauma leads to some, some not all the time, I'm just saying, trauma leads to, um, um, you know, criminal activity, if you want to call it that. <laughs> well, trauma leads to substance abuse more, yeah, more often I mean. yeah. than not. Yeah. And, and substance abuse is obviously criminalised. Yeah. Um, even drinking for Aboriginal people is criminalised. You know, like, there's, yeah. Um, breathing will be criminalised shortly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, they kind of do that when they put those strangleholds on us, don't they? Yeah. yeah. You're not allowed to breathe. Mm. Obey your master. Don't breathe. Yeah. Both. Yeah. They, they did that not long. I um, mean, the eighteen hundreds, didn't they? Seventeen hundreds. Well, the, this whole thing, the, these um, restraint holds yep. that they've all been taught. Um, now, now that's been that's a specific hold that they've been taught. Now, mm. we know that this particular hold kills people. They use it in America. They, oh, yep, use yep. in, they use it in Palestine, yep. or on Palestinians. Um, that's actually where it's come from. It's been taught to us by the IGF. And they know that this particular hold has a very high potential of killing people, yeah. asphyxiating people, particularly people who uh, have you know underlying health issues, um, like some of the young brothers have been administered that drug, midazolam, um, and people die. But even our government won't listen to the experts. It listens to its own little echo chamber saying, oh, no, it only, it only kills 50% of people, this whole... You know, so, so the government comes out and says experts are divided. That this hold kills people. Fifty <laughs> yeah, percent of the time's a pretty good strike rate, if you ask me. Mm. And they don't care if we're sick. They don't care if we're hurt. Um, like with Miss Do, they reckon she was faking it. Um, so, what chance have we got? Hmm, it's true. The only chance we've got is if we can abolish prison. Yep. Oh, actually, then we'd have to get rid of the police force as well. <laughs> I'm just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be my favourite part, actually. Have like a, I don't know, like a community sort of, not policing, but community safety people or something. Yeah. Yeah. Look, there's plenty of um, communities around the world that don't have, well, when I can think of, I can't think of the name of it, is in um, Italy, I think. Yeah. And they haven't had police for over a decade, 20 years or something. Really? Cool. And everything functions perfectly. Mm. They don't need them. No. They don't need them, don't want them. Yeah, oh, well, that leads, I mean, prison police leads all up to capitalism. Everything's... Um, well, prisons and policing are an extension of slavery. Yeah. That's what slavery has evolved into. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, we, you're not allowed to have slaves anymore, so you just lock a whole bunch of black people up and force them to work for the government. Yep. Yeah, it's happening now with um, Work for the Doll. I mean, they experimented on um, Aboriginal people first, didn't they? And, and with the 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 card, um, what's it called? Can't remember. <laughs> oh, basics card. Basics card, yeah. It's, yeah. Experimenting on people with that up up north and stuff. It's coming in Sydney. I oh, think. that's just a toe in the water. That's just to see how 
how they're going to get away with rolling it out to everybody. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, like if we if we accept it, um, or if everybody else accepts it happening to Aboriginal people, mm. um, yeah, they're not going to mind when it happens to all them poor doll bludgers too. Yeah, you know, Aboriginal people drink too much, so they have to have a card. <laughs> that's a <the> go- <laughs> That's a government thing. <laughs> you know what I'd do if I had one of them? I, I'd just use my card to, to buy sugar and I'd make booze. <laughs> That's a good trick. <laughs> <laughs> sugar and yeast. <laughs> yep, and I'd just make booze. Oh, yeah, you can just put... Well, I'd be able to trade that for everything else I needed. You can put sugar in watermelon apparently and do that, can't you? Yeah, and pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> Giving away <your> secrets here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what a what an horrific thing to to do to people. Yeah, it's true. Um, and it's it's hardly going to stimulate the economy, and that's that's what they really need to do. Yeah, um, that's not stimulating the economy. That's just stealing money from people and sending it offshore. Yeah, it's really patronising too, um, thinking that people can't manage their money, unemployed people and Aboriginal people and stuff like that. Oh, I was at the footy on Saturday with my grandson you know, and getting a, a drink and some stuff from the canteen, you know, you support the team. Yeah. Find stuff from the canteen. And, and I thought to myself, Damn, what if I was on that basics card, I wouldn't be able to do this. Yeah, true. You know, for a start, they don't take cards at those places. You know, it's all cash. Mm. You know, $2 for a sausage and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, yeah, look, what a horrible, horrible, horrible thing to do to people. It is. 50 bucks a week. Listen. Yeah, that, that's how much cash you get. Oh, cash, like gen, general cash. Yeah, that's how much cash you get in the end. And look, it's not going far. No. Especially not in the remote community, anyway. Yeah, that's true. the price of food and stuff up there. Mm, would be more expensive because of the transport tax and all that. No, it's just bullshit. They're just rotten them. Yeah. Captive, captive customers. They the, can't fly anywhere else. Yeah, that's an excuse transport tax and stuff. <laughs> oh, they used to use that as an excuse, but look, this is 2019. <laughs> yeah. You know, they were using that as an excuse when I was, when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, transport technology have improved in leaps and bounds since then. Surely we're not so... Well, it still costs eight, nine hundred bucks to catch a plane to Alice Springs. What was that? It still costs eight, nine hundred bucks to catch a plane to Alice Springs. Yeah, it's a lot. But then that might have something to do with the American Army base, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) Oh, thanks for that. What are we now? 27 years on. From the Royal Commission, I think. Yeah, 27 years or something. It's a lot. 27. And there's not a politician alive can say that that Royal Commission, the recommendations from that Royal Commission, have been taken seriously or mm. that they've even really attempted to address the, some of the concerns that were raised by the Royal Commission. Yeah. 27 years on, and we still can't do it. Yeah, that's true. And then, um, the, what's his name? Kerry O'Brien said something on telly about... Um, at the Logan, yeah, I saw that. Logie's speech about, um, you know, reconciliation, because he's seen a lot of things during his time as being a media person, which is a pretty good thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I, I thought that was, that was pretty good. I didn't know that about Kerry O'Brien. Yeah, true, eh? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and everyone claps, but you know they'll probably just go home to their TV and watch Neighbours or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they won't do anything <laughs> yeah. about it. That's what I meant to say. Oh, it's good to yeah, provoke people's, um, you know, thought, thoughts and get people thinking about things. So. Well, yeah. Yeah, and and that's um, when somebody in his position of influence and like celebrity, for want of a better word, yeah, um, yeah, to kind of use their platform to to be an ally to us is yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good when that happens. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. Oh, we better uh, not often enough. What was that? Doesn't happen. Often. Doesn't happen often enough. Yeah, true. Well, we better leave leave it at that because um, we're running out of time. But that's running good. out of time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice to yes, talk to you. Yes, aren't we? We're, the whole world's running out of time. <laughs> true. Lovely talking to you, Peter. Same. Take take care of yourself. You too. Till next time. Okay. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was Vicky Roach from um, Sydney. Um, we'll just go to an announcement. Three CR radio that's independent, progressive, and making a difference. We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're 100% cotton and Australian made and you can get one for just $30. They come in black, dark grey and a cool light grey. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 94198377 or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. <laughs> 